Lecture topic. A good life. standing, whatever might be the condition of his health and anything else and everything else, there's nobody who has any difference of opinion regarding the fact that life is very temporary and that we are all headed towards death. Then there's differences. A mu'min believes that death is only a step in this whole phase of eternal life thereafter. That insan came from nothingness, Allah Ta'ala created him. Then he was in alam arwah And then came through all the various phases into dunya. But then after dunya, that is not the be all and end all. That is only the starting phase of the everlasting life of hereafter. Every single person has this conviction about death. Also, every single person knows that he cannot guarantee anything about tomorrow, cannot even guarantee anything about tonight. Then there are those who believe that, well, once death will come, that will be the be-all and end-all. The person is then no more and has got nothing to answer for. But that, not, that is not what a mu'min believes. person who has iman, then he very well believes that there is life in the qabr is the answering of the questions in the cover and in the grave. There is a day of Qiyamah coming when a person will be questioned about all his amal. And then there is the decision of Allah Taala regarding whether a person whether he will be going to Jannat or Jahannam. Fariqun fil Jannati wa Fariqun fil Sa'ir. With a very great personality, Thabit Bunani Rahimahullah. He never used to laugh. Somebody asked him that you don't ever laugh. So Allah Ta'ala has made this declaration, Fariqun fil Jannati wa Fariqun fil Sa'ir. That one group will end up in Jannat, but another group will end up in Jahannam. I have no idea where I'm heading for. Until I don't know where I'm going, I cannot ever dare laugh and smile. And he said as he was passing away, he started smiling. Allah Ta'ala showed him whatever he showed him. But the point is that a mu'min, this is his belief that life, is a journey, part of the journey of this life of Akhirat that's still coming, which he's heading towards. The Akhirat, this is the opportunity Allah has blessed us with to make the Akhirat. 
the life of qabr, the life of akhirat, this depends on how we live our life of dunya. The dunya mazra'atul akhirah. The dunya is the planting field of the hereafter. What a person plants is what he will reap. And in order to reap the good of akhirat, all the bounties of Allah Ta'ala in the hereafter, the system Allah Ta'ala has placed in dunya is, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا As far as this world is concerned also, Allah Ta'ala's nizam and system is, the person who has iman and amal salih. Allah Ta'ala promises him a good life. What is a good life? So if a good life meant that a person has all the wealth in the world, then the number of people that are committing suicide in the lap of every luxury that would never have been heard of. Mm. The number of people that are taking their own lives despite having whatever they can, what money can buy and more than that. Why are they so despondent of life that a person thinks, well, it's best to just end it off. Whereas it never ends off here. But if wealth was everything, dunya was everything, then this would never have been heard of. But it's heard of almost every day, every other day. So what is a good life? A good life is something inside. Which Allah Ta'ala blesses that person who has that iman and has amal saliha. Allah Ta'ala grants that heart of his, that contentment, that peace. Allah Ta'ala fills it with his muhabbat. And that tranquility that he gets despite whatever the challenges would be within him, he'll also feel pain on the surface. But there'll be something inside which would be a balm on the pain. So this comes, Allah Ta'ala has made the system iman and amal isariya for dunya also. For the good life of dunya. And for the good of the everlasting life of akhirat also is iman and amal isariya. The promises of Allah Ta'ala, numerous promises of Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif, these promises are on these sifat, these qualities. Iman, Amal-e-Saliha. Amal-e-Saliha is a very comprehensive terminology. It includes all the Amal of the Zahir. Person's Salah is in place. Fasting in the month of Ramadan, his Zakat, his Hajj. Then this Amal-e-Saliha includes, together with all the Farais, obviously he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. He wants to benefit from the proximity of Allah Ta'ala. He wants to have that very close relationship with his creator and sustainer. He wants to become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So he's not going to suffice on just doing something like an employee. He did his job 8 to 5. And now don't ask me anything beyond that. I've done my duty and please give my salary. No, no, he's somebody that does something out of love. So he besides the farais, wajibat, sunnat and he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So he now tries and does as much as he can of the nawafil as well. He tries to keep himself engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Keeps himself occupied as much as possible in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. So all this brings him closer to Allah Ta'ala. So Amal-e Saliha includes all this. And to the extent that there will be that muhabbat and love for Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he will do more. And to the extent that he has this muhabbat and love for Allah Ta'ala, 
he will try to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. He'll make an effort to bring others closer to Allah Ta'ala. Because to the extent that he does this, he'll become more beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So this is also part of this Amal-e Saliha. This Amal-e Saliha includes his Mu'amalat, his dealings. How does he live his life in terms of his dealings? The honesty, the truthfulness, dealing in a manner that Nabi Islam has taught, not making that dealing and that earning of livelihood the object of life, rather just as a means to end, fulfilling his needs, that he's earning a halal living in order to fulfill his needs, and whatever excess he'll have, he will benefit from it, others will benefit from it, he'll use it to serve the deen of Allah wa ta'ala. But that mu'amalat, completely clear, clean, and then the mu'asharat and his social life, how he lives with people, how he lives at home with his family, how he treats his own parents, how he lives with his children, how he fulfills the rights of his neighbors, how he lives with people in general in society, and then his akhlaq and character. What kind of akhlaq does he have? Does he have the sifat that are required in terms of akhlaq? Because it is on all these aspects that the promises of Allah Ta'ala are. وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala says, you will be dominant. إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ If you are true believers, if there's true iman in your heart. Once Rasulullah Sallallahu passed by one Sahabi as a Haritha bin Nu'man radiallahu ta'ala He asked him, كَيْفَ أَسْبَحْتَ يَا Haritha? Haritha, how are you? How did you start your day today? So he replied and said, أَسْبَحْتُ مُؤْمِنًا حَقَّ I have started my day in a way, Alhamdulillah, I have true iman. Rabbi Salaam asked that you are making a claim, every claim must have some evidence for it, something to back it up. You're making a very big claim. What's your evidence? So he responded and said that I have brought myself onto this, that I have detached myself from the world. He was living in dunya also. He was also eating and drinking. He also perhaps might have been married. He also did whatever other insan do. But he said, I detach myself from the dunya. Meaning the heart is not in dunya at all. And I have kept my days thirsty, meaning by fasting, I have kept my nights awake in the ibadat of Allah. And now this iman has grown to a point Outwardly, this human being will seem a human being like anybody else. But when he he excels in the worship of Allah Taala, he then applies himself in the ibadat of Allah Taala, in fulfilling the commands of Allah Taala, in uplifting the deen of Allah Taala. There's something that happens within him. One is this outer form of this insan, but then there is this ruh within him. All these amal, they give strength to that ruh. And that ruhaniyat increases. And that increases to a point like the Haritha bin Mu'man radiallahu saying, it is as if ka'anni anzuru ila arshi rabbi bariza. As if I can see the arsh of my rabb. It is as if, in reality, a person can't see it in dunya. But that reality which has been expressed in the Quran and Sunnah, that becomes so vivid in a person's mind and heart, it is as if he can see it. And that now 
guides him. That, how can you do this? You end up in the fire of Jahannam. Or how you are being lazy from this? This is something to get closer to Allah. This is as if I can see the arsh of my Rabb. As if I can see the people of Jannat and join the bounties of Jannat. And it is as if I can see the people of Jahannam. How they are being tormented and punished in Jahannam. Nabi Sallallahu said, You are a person who Allah has illuminated your heart. Allah has adorned your heart with this nur of Iman. So look after it. So there is a reality to this Iman which the Sahaba Ikram, they had achieved this. But it didn't come by wishful thinking, it came with effort. They made an effort on themselves. They brought all these Amale Salihah in their lives. In the Quran Sharif, in many many ayat, Allah Ta'ala has made the promises, but the promises are linked to sifat. The sifat of taqwa, the person who has taqwa in his life, the person who has sabr in his life. Sabr, this is one of the very, very great parts of akhlaq. Person who has iman, he has taqwa, he has sabr. Allah Ta'ala doesn't allow the actions of such a person and the efforts of such a person and his rewards to go in vain. Allah Ta'ala will give him the full rewards of it in the akhirat and he will benefit from it in dunya already. And in many other ayat, it is sifat, the qualities. It is not just something outside, it's something inside. But that something inside has been developed, has been achieved, that iman, that taqwa, that sabr, that tawakkul, that inabat and turning towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, the khashiyat and the fear of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, the muhabbat and love of Allah ta'ala, and all the various other sifat have been developed. Then that zahir becomes valuable also. Then that action that a person did externally because of that sifat of iman, that ikhlas which is also part of it, now that external amal will become very valuable. It will become very effective. Otherwise, that external action will be there. But if the sifat are missing, then in the absence of that ikhlas, it will become riya. Man salla yura'i faqad ashraka billah. The person is also performing salah. This person is performing salah. That person is also performing salah. Nabi Islam says the person performed salah, he did everything. He did the qiyam, ruku, sajda, he recited the best qirat, and he made recited longer tasbihat than everybody else. But if there was riya in it, Nabi Islam, he was committing shirk from beginning to end. Outwardly it was salah. But that was shirk. Because of that sifat, having the sifat of ikhlas missing. Man sama yura'i faqad ashraka billah. He was fasting, but just to now impress others. The fil fast I kept now, but now to impress others. He was keeping a fast, another person was keeping a fast, that person is in any bother too. But this person, Nabi Islam says, is in shirk. So all the promises of Allah Ta'ala on sifat. And this is what we are being asked to bring in our lives. That we should come into Iman and Islam totally. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses the believers. Ya ayyuhal ladina aman. O you who believe. And this is a very affectionate address in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala is addressing his, those who he loves. Oh my beloved servants. Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu. 
Already those who have Iman, they are being addressed Allah Ta'ala, saying, enter into Islam fully. Enter into Islam in totality. A person has got Iman already, what does this mean entering into Islam totality? This is the various branches of deen that we discussed earlier. Coming into totality in all the aspects of deen. Not only in something and not in something else. Everything. Whether it's ibadat, then a person is performing his five times salah. Not four times. Four times salah is not a namazi. Sometimes we become deceived ourselves. Alhamdulillah, I'm making four times salah. In one sense, Alhamdulillah, the person is making four times salah. What do you say, Alhamdulillah, on that? But in the terminology of Sharia, such a person is a fasid. And in the among the fuqaha, the lightest ruling regarding this is the ruling of Imam Abu Hanifa. Other three Imams of fiqh, they believe, or their ruling is such a person to be beheaded, who deliberately leaves out of salah. Imam Abu Hanifa, they say such a person will be imprisoned and he will be flogged until he makes sincere tawbah, I'll never pass my salah again. But this is how important salah is in deen. So now this salah is also in. If it is a month of Ramadan, he's fasting. If it's zakat, he's fulfilling it. If it's hajj, he's fulfilling it. If it's dealings, then they also is not behind. He's in fulfilling everything. If it's an agreement, he's fulfilling his agreements. Not that he's now shirking in this. That, well, I perform my salah, so this is something fine. Once Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there was a pact between him and the Romans. And it was for a fixed time. Up to a certain date, this pact is in place. Then after that, the pact is over. So in any case, as the date was approaching, he gathered his armies close to the border. That as soon as this time will lapse, he will immediately then cross the border because now the pact is over. And then we will have no difficulty in overcoming the enemy. What he did, gathered them all in the territory of the Muslims, but close to the border. And then as that date lapsed, he immediately gave the instruction and his armies just went in. And without any difficulty, because they caught the enemy unawares. So they've gone deep into enemy territory. Suddenly one sahabi from, they hear one person shouting far from the back, coming on horse. And he's coming at full speed and he's shouting at the top of his voice, Wafa'un la ghadrun. Wafa'un la ghadrun. That you must fulfill your agreements. Don't ever do something against an agreement. Don't commit treachery. So he stopped. Who is this person? What is he saying? The sahabi comes. The sahabi of Rasulullah. And Ambasa bin Amr and he says, I heard Rasulullah saying that if a person has some treaty with somebody, then he must not do anything that is against the spirit of that treaty. Mm. Unless he now has brought the matter equally to both parties and look, this treaty is over. Now you already started gathering your armies beforehand. You already was making harkat in this direction. This is against the dictates of this hadith of Rasulullah. Mm. Though you only cross the border thereafter. But the Sahaba were Sahaba. 
He says, no. Success is not in conquering places. Success is in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Muawiyah now gives the instruction, all the armies must retreat. Come back into Muslim land. And we let time pass, then we'll decide. That Iman, Amal, Sifat, Amanat Dari, upholding one's agreements, promises, having all the Sifat of Iman, this is where the help of Allah Ta'ala is. Throughout the world, the Ummah is in this difficulty and hardship. Unfortunately, we have Iman and Islam in name, but the sifat are lacking. That akhlaq of a Muslim is lacking. That ibadat, if it is there, it is outwardly there, but that ruh of that ibadat is lacking. So this is that spirit that we are being asked to bring back into life. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkhulu fissilmi kafa. That it is not what apparently seems to be success, that if I have so much of wealth, so much of dunya, so much of power, so much of influence, then this will be meaning success. Outwardly, if none of these things exist, then it means no success. The Sahaba didn't understand it like that. And the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed that Inna al-Khamru wal-Maisiru wal-Ansab wal-Azlam uridsum min amal al-Shaytan hajtanibu la'allakum tuflihum. All these intoxicants and all these forms of gambling, all this is rich. It is filth. All this is filth from the handiwork of Shaytan. Totally refrain from it. Once Sahabi had gone with his entire savings, all his capital, they had gone out of Madinah Munawara before this ayat was revealed. And he bought a big consignment of drink and wine that now this will come back and he will sell it because now this is imported goods. He will sell at a higher price and he will make a very great profit out of it. Now as he is approaching Madinah Munawara, he gets the news that this is the ayat of the Quran Sharif that has been revealed. So he leaves everything there and he comes to Rasulullah and he mentions that this is what has happened. I went with all this and I brought this consignment and came. And now this is the ayat of the Quran Sharif that has been revealed. So what, what am I to do? Nabi Sassim explains to him, ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah's command. So he goes and he immediately destroys that whole thing. No questions asked. That But now how will I survive? And what I will do? They realize that success and every good of dunya and akhirat is in the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala, the obedience of Rasulullah So they, their mu'amalat, their dealings, their consciousness about halal, haram, in every aspect, their ta'alluq with Allah wa ta'ala, how they link their hearts to Allah ta'ala in every condition, how they kept themselves in the remembrance of Allah ta'ala in all conditions. The lives of Sahaba Ikram are filled with all these incidents. That which they brought in their lives, that which the sifat they developed in their hearts, this is what created that environment of success all around them. And then words even weren't needed. The very environment was such that a person coming in that environment, it didn't require even him to be told something, that environment was enough. The Bislaz sent one army towards Najd and they captured one person. He was a leader, Sumama bin Usal, radiallahu ta'ala. They brought him back to Madina Manohara. Abhi Islam gave the instructions, had him tied to a pillar in the masjid. Any need he had, he was taken, fulfilled the need, come back tied to the pillar. So he remained there. So the first day after Abhi Islam was leaving, Abhi Islam passed by him and asked him, Ma'in the kaya Sumama? 
What do you have to say? You want something to say? You want to ask something? So he responds and says that in taqtul, taqtul zadamin. Wa in tun'im, tun'im ala shakirin. If you kill me, then you're killing a murderer. I have killed a lot of people. So in other words, I deserve it. So if you kill me, you have the right to take my life. Because I have killed many Muslims. But if you spare me, then you're going to be sparing somebody who will be very grateful. This won't be returned with ingratitude. And if you want wealth in return, if I need to ransom myself, there should be some money to pay, then whatever you want, name the price, it will be given to you. Nabi Islam goes away, doesn't say anything. The second day again, after Nabi Islam finishes off at night and is leaving, he asks him the same thing. He replies the same thing. He says, yesterday, what I told you yesterday, same thing. That if you kill me, then I am guilty of murder also. So you have the right to take my life. But if you spare me, I'll be very grateful. And name the price if I have to pay the price. Nabi Islam leaves him in Karizam. The third day, the same thing happens. After the third day, the same conversation takes place. Nabi Islam says, open him out, let him go. We can go for free. No problem, let him go. He's free to go. So they open his bonds up and he's left to go. He walks out and he goes to a nearby orchard, goes and takes a ghusl and he comes back and he says, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Nobody gave him any bayan. Nobody spoke to him at length anything. Yes, he observed. He observed the lives of the Muslims. For that period of time that he was there, he observed their ibadat. He observed how they interacted with one another. He observed their akhlaq. He observed their sifat, which shone out of everything that they did. Because this affected his heart, that in three days' time, nobody had to tell him anything. Imam came into him. So this is that environment that they created with their amal, with their iman and sifat. That this is what brought deen to then its peak. So deen came alive with this effort. Effort within and the effort without. The effort internally, they brought the sifat in them. And with these sifat, they made the effort externally. Allah Ta'ala then granted them that victory which couldn't have been dreamt of. It was beyond imagination. The people of this caliber, this kind of people, this kind of resources, all the things that are negative, but what Allah Ta'ala granted them, nobody could have imagined. But it didn't come, neither it came from wishful thinking, nor it came from just some talks, it came with sifat, and it came with effort. For this iman, this iman came to us with this effort, this iman came to us with this sifat having been developed, and a great amount of effort. Rasulullah the effort that he made, we hear about this repeatedly, the sacrifices that he made, the kind of hardships he went, the sahaba ikram, what kind of hardships they underwent, what kind of difficulties that they had to bear, all this was done so that deen could move on. The deen of Allah Ta'ala could reach the four corners of the world, this didn't come to us without that effort. Let alone going to anybody else, it won't remain in our own lives also without effort. Let alone somebody else getting affected. Without effort, even in a person's own life, we won't remain. If a 
this imam doesn't remain at some kind of constant. Let's say it's pitched at a certain point and that's where it remains. Imam will either be improving, increasing. Every time that a person will be doing something positive, he'll be engaging in some amal, he'll be doing something for deen, this imam will be improving, and otherwise he'll be decreasing. All the time this imam requires charging. Nowadays we are all familiar with charging all the time. Every person is let alone at home, and he's already walking all the time with his charger also. Every available point he gets, he's charging. The car also, the charger must be worth. And then sometimes he's traveling, and first thing he's looking for where he can charge. If he got off some plane or some train or bus or whatever, the first thing he'll be looking for to charge somewhere. He says the more apps that they're on, then the more the battery will get drained. And before a person knows it, there will be no battery left. be dead. So likewise, there's so many apps of shaitan all around us. All the various things that are distracting insan. All the time, those things in his hand and those buttons that he's pressing. And if he doesn't keep charging this iman, then even though he's not deliberately getting himself involved with any haram, there's so many apps on all the time around him. That it is all the time draining this battery of Iman. Something that his eyes are just falling on unintentionally also. But he's leaving some kind of imprint on his heart. If he didn't make deep istighfar, he'd leave something behind. His ears are getting assaulted with the noises of shaitan. Sometimes without even any intention. All kinds of things are attacking his heart and mind. And every step there's something or the other that the forces of shaitan and nafs are trying to waylay him. The person is not constantly making an effort to improve this iman, this battery will just die off. Then suddenly the person is making five times namaz with jamaat, with tabbir ula. Now forget the tabbir ula, the jamaat is not there. Then one namaz is getting qaza also. Then a few more namaz are becoming qaza. And then tilawat, tilawat then becomes a far away thing. And then a person will be reading for hours on end, but not he'll be reading social media and everything else. But tilawat of the Quran Sharif, no time. One page of the Quran Sharif to make tilawat or one page will become very difficult. What happened? The battery died. So when the battery died, how is it going to light up anything? But to light up something, there needs to be charge in it. So where is the nur of Imam going to shine out if the battery is dead? So all the time this effort of Imam is required for ourselves to keep this battery of Imam charged. And then just as people made effort for Imam to reach us, Without the effort of others, Allah knows best where we would have been. It's the effort of numerous people. How many people's crying? How many people's tears that were shed? How many people's blood was shed? How many people's sweat was poured out? How many people made what not efforts? This Iman that reached us. Allah forbid if this effort we don't make, let alone Iman then continuing in our generations. Allah forbid, we don't know where we will be. We need it for ourselves first and foremost. And together with ourselves, we need this effort of Iman for our families, for our communities, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah This is a mu'min. A mu'min is not for himself. And this we learn about and we are reminding ourselves about every day, in every rakat, or every salah, that we are made to say إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ إِهْدِنَ السِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِينَ Allah guide all of us to the straight path. Amen.
not only myself. Allah guide me also. Guide every ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Every rakat, we all have to say it in the same manner. We all have to make this dua in the same way. Allah guide us all, everyone. So that muhabbat that Nabi Islam had for the ummah, that transferred to the Sahaba Ikram, and the Sahaba passed it on to those after them, that it was this concern for every single human being. And that effort was made for everyone. Then, Hidayat is in the hands of Allah wa ta'ala. But that love, that concern, that concern Nabi Islam had, that, that effort that he made, that dua that he made for his ummah, once Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu she says that, Nabi Sallallahu she saw him in a very good mood, meaning very happy. So she asked Nabi Sallallahu make dua for me. She saw her husband happy, so she asked for something. She asked, make dua for me. That's what she realized was something to really ask. Not something material. Dua is going to bring everything of what material can, one, one fraction of it can. Any case, she asked for dua. Nabi Islam made dua for her. Allahumma khfilli Aishata ma taqaddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma alanat. Allah forgive Aisha. Whatever might have happened in the past or whatever will happen in the future, anything open, secret, everything, forgive it. Aisha Ritmana heard this dua, she became so overjoyed. She couldn't contain herself. Somebody makes dua for us in that manner, we'll say Jazakallah and then we'll still wait for something further. That, well, okay, you gave me dua, but what else? But she became so overjoyed with this because she understood the value of this. She couldn't contain herself. In that ecstasy and joy, her head came down into her lap. Can we imagine, like, overjoyed? Nabi Islam saw this and he asked her, Ya Surruki, dua ya Aisha? My dua has made you happy, O Aisha? She said, repeating, after all, the dua of Rasulullah. So she expressed that, yes indeed. Nabi Islam then replied and said, Innaha la da'wati li ummati ba'da kulli salati. This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. This is the concern Nabi Islam had every person in the ummah. And this is that concern that included us also. We are also sitting here with Iman and taking the name of Allah wa ta'ala out of this concern of Rasulullah And that effort that he made. And that Mubarak blood of his that got shed. All the various sacrifices that he underwent. And likewise the Sahaba Ikram. And then as it moved on. So we also have to now make this effort for ourselves. And we have to make this effort for our families. For our communities. And for the entire ummah of Rasulullah For this is all the various efforts of deen. And this effort of da'wat and tabliq Allah has given us. It's for the same purpose. It is a barakat of this. That today we are sitting here in the house of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, Allah knows best way we would have been. So we too have to make whatever effort is within our capacity, the best we can do. We too have to make this effort to now keep this iman alive within us and for everybody else. For this is the ishtima that is taking place inshallah. And whatever the skills will be made, we try and now present ourselves for that. In this way inshallah, we too will benefit. Others will benefit. This will benefit our iman, the iman of others. And inshallah, this will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala, bring others closer to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. آخر دعوانا عليها